Hi, I'm Jennifer Wilde, and you're listening to Sober Exposure. If it's about recovery, we're going to cover it. It's like one big therapy session, but it's free. So thanks for joining our dysfunctional family as we uncover recovery with Sober Exposure. Let's go. Hi, welcome to Sober Exposure. I'm Jennifer Wild. Uh, in case you forgot about me because I haven't put out an episode in so long. <laughs> but uh, we're back and, and we're back with a bang, baby. Um, I invited Joy to come on the program today. Now, I met Joy uh, maybe like 17 years ago. And Joy is like, I always said, Joy is like Christmas every day. You know, just, you know, that warm feeling you get around Christmas or on Christmas, that's the feeling you get when you're around joy. And I mean, her name right there describes it. So anyway, um, I, I met her, took a teacher training with her. I was the worst yoga instructor ever, but I made a friend for life. And um, we just did a Sedona trip actually late last year. We're going to talk about that and everything that has to do with yoga, because when you look up yoga in the dictionary, Joy's picture comes up. So welcome. Hi, Joy. Hi, Jen. I'm really honored and happy to be here with you. Thank you. Yeah. Share to share and uh, talk about my passion. And yes, you, you are quite passionate and you practice what you preach and I want to be you when I grow up. So why don't you just give us kind of like um, just a, a short version of where you came from, who you are. And I also know something about you. So I want you to tell us a little bit about your journey with spirituality and yoga and how how you practiced when you were younger compared to now. OK, so I was born in New Jersey. And I was always kind of um, playing in the woods. I grew up a lot around a lot of medicine women in the neighborhood, kind of witchy women and always knew and in my family and knew that was part of my lineage. So as a young girl, I did spend a lot of time alone. I could always see into the spirit world. Um, I couldn't understand why everybody couldn't see everybody's auras glowing and why could I read people's minds? And I just like knew people, which really served to my benefit because I really feel like I protected myself through my life. Um, and I was very discerning because mm -hmm. I just have this intuitive nature with people. So, you know, but growing up in New Jersey in a Catholic Italian home, my dad was a Catholic Italian on the streets, kind of put that out there just like that. And, yeah. um, you know, it, it was it was a well provided for childhood. But it was also, um, you know, there was just I think that they just didn't understand me. So mm -hmm. I, I struggled a lot with conformity because I've always been a free thinker. So I, I think it made me a little bit rebellious. And then just going through high school and everything, we moved to Florida when I was 16, which was a blessing because it got us out of that, you know, um, situation in life. I guess my dad wanted to give us a better life. So around 17, 18, I started getting these kind of panic attacks and anxiety, and I didn't know where it was coming from. I never experienced anything like that before. And without going into the whole story, someone who means a lot to me gave me a little blue cassette a cassette tape uh children <laughs> if, if you're yeah 
if you're uh, 30 or, or younger, a cassette is this thing that we used to put in this machine and it would play music. And uh, yeah. anyway. it, would just, it would just play stuff. So I had my, you know, I had my boom box from the 80s and it was a it was a it was a tape on meditation. So I started listening to it every night. It was a guided meditation and it started helping me and putting me to sleep. And um, I was a dancer growing up. So movement has always been a part of my life. I got out of that for a little while when I moved to Florida. But let me tell you, I was going to Lady of America every day doing step aerobics. Like I mm. always had to move. It was in my soul. And to me, everything is a dance. Life is a dance and a prayer and a journey and mystical and everything all wrapped up in one for me. A lot of people say I'm airy fairy. I'm in the cosmos a lot. I need to ground more, which I do. But you know what? I do my powerful work up there. And it, it serves me and it serves the people around me, you know? So um, I started listening to those tapes. It started helping. And I would say around 20, I, I, I was a young mom. I had my son when I was 20 and I was having a lot of back problems and I started doing yoga and we had one of those big box TVs. And okay, again, I'm dating myself. I got a VHS <laughs> on yoga I went to Blockbuster <laughs> or something. And I'm like, oh, let me try yoga. Nobody told me to do yoga. It's like, I was just guided to it. I started practicing. Um, and here I am 52, you know, in my twenties, I was working in a salon. I had a son. I was totally devoted to my mom, my son as a mom, but I was doing yoga. And again, always being in nature, kind of, you know, listen, I was the girl in high school that was going to the metaphysical stores, which there was only one or two around here and carving candles and playing Ouija board. And <laughs> I'm finding friends that want. So I spent a lot of time by myself. And um, I think once I started practicing yoga and, and then I got into the yoga community in South Florida very early on, there weren't many of us around. There was no yoga alliance at the time practiced in some studios and um, decided, I remember going to my teacher one day, Julian, I go, listen, this has changed my life. And if I don't share this with others, I'm living a selfish life. So I went and did my teacher training with Surrender In. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that was it. I, I quit my job that I had. I started teaching full time. I took a leap of faith. People thought it was crazy, but I was so passionate that I knew it was going to help people. And that was my my, my journey. I knew I was three things I wanted when I was growing up. I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to go to school and be a psychiatrist or a psychologist, which I realized now I could never handle the structure of college. That's why I didn't go. I studied metaphysics <laughs> instead. And I wanted to be a dancer and have a dance studio. So I opened my own studio, which, you know, I had it for many years. I had a boutique. I sold a lot of crystals. Some people close to me used to say it was my crystal pharmacy because people would come in for my crystals are all over the world. And I you know, gave away more than I sold, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, I, oh, my gosh. Nobody had a crystal collection like you. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah and, it, and then, you know, I got a little burnt out. I had a lot of loss in my life. So about three years ago, I sold the studio. It was do, it was doing amazing. And the little voice said, get out of the box. You need to um, expand your teachings around the world. I took a sabbatical. And um, then COVID happened, you know, I sold everything. I was ready to move to India, travel the world. And then COVID happened. And then mm. I met my boyfriend. We've been together for two years on Monday. And he's also a yoga teacher. And I remember saying to my friends, I'm like, I will not date anyone that has anything to do with yoga. Yeah. yeah. And here I am. So um, that's it. So I'm, I'm still teaching in South Florida. 
Um, you know, I want to do a little more traveling and everything, but yoga changed my life so profoundly, which everyone has their yoga story. So how did it change your life? What, what did it do? And when you say yoga, do you, do you mean, cause, cause yoga is, it's, it's a, it's a practice, but when people think about yoga, they just think going to a class and, you know, just doing some stretching or whatever. So explain what, what did it do to transform you? How, how, like, and, and are you talking just doing like an hour class or, um, you know, there, there's so many levels to yoga. Well, the thing with yoga is that there's really, there's four paths of yoga. So we have karma yoga, Raja yoga, Jnana yoga, and Bhakti yoga. And karma yoga is like the, the car, the, the, the yoga of, of service. Um, Raja yoga is like the king, the highest of yoga, the meditation, all of yoga is based around being, getting the mind and the body prepared for meditation. Then you have Jnana yoga, which is the yoga of, of knowledge and then um, bhakti yoga, the yoga of devotion. Then you have hatha yoga, which is the physical practice. And hatha means the sun and the moon. And under that umbrella, there's a gazillion styles of yoga. Everybody thinks theirs is the enlightened path. Mm. For me, I've always been eclectic and tried them all. So yes, there are many styles of yoga. And in the West, it I think without judgment, it's gotten very watered down where yoga is like, oh yeah, you get in there and it's like a big exercise, but it's really not. It's, a, it's about coming from within. It's about making your organs healthy. Every thought, feeling, emotion we ever have in our life lays dormant in our cells. So when we move the body along with chanting mantras, along with doing mudras, along with studying the scriptures, not in a dogmatic way, but, you know, studying where yoga comes from and you have the whole thing and then you find someone, I don't believe in having a guru because I believe you're my guru. The woman at Publix checking out my food is my guru. We're all each other's teachers. So to me, it's like I go straight to the source, straight to the universal source of energy, whether you call it God and yoga, we call it Brahman, whatever that is for you. Those are the energies I work with. So as I'm practicing, I started to realize that I've had a lot of all that anxiety that I was experiencing and all of that, I started to realize was from childhood traumas and that I was taking on my mom's um, issues, my mom's issues, my mom's patterns. And then all like my mom was terrified to drive over a bridge. I start practicing yoga all of a sudden. I'm like, I'm not afraid to drive over a bridge. <sighs> like, where the heck did that come from? So I started being me. You know, I started realizing, wow, like I'm this person and and I started feeling different and my body started feeling strong and my mind started feeling clearer. And I was just, I was just happier. You know, it's all about contentment and finding muksha, liberation. And I think for people who purely go to yoga for the physical, let's say, oh, I'm going to go to this, you know, see and be seen hot yoga place and look good on Instagram. The magic is still going to happen. Mm-hmm. Even when you least expect it, because yoga is very sneaky that way. It changes our cellular frequency. So it brings us more aligned physically, mentally. We have four bodies of life, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. When okay. those bodies are balanced, then we're more balanced. And then when I'm more balanced and I'm sitting in front of you, you're going to feel more balanced. It's so, it's so true. More balanced, your son is going to feel more balanced, you know? And, and it's like, we have that rippling effect because we are connected and that's what yoga means. It means union. 
And and yes, I like that the ripple effect, the ripple effect. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm an asshole to my son this morning because I was in a bad mood. So then that throws him off and then he goes to work and he's in a bad and then it just like continues to ripple or we can choose the light. Exactly. Oh, and and the most the common, most important thing is our breath, Jen. And, and think about it, humanity has not been breathing for two years because we've been stuck with masks on our face. So there, there's a lot of suffocating going on right now in the world. And if we can just learn, most of us breathe here in our chest, where when we focus on our diaphragm, in yoga, we consider the diaphragm the seat of intelligence and the heart and the window to the soul. And it separates your upper and lower extremities and the word and the word schizophrenia literally means split diaphragm. So a lot of people who have mental illness, it's because they're not breathing. And not to say that's the only cure. There's so many things that go into right. you know, medical situations with people. But the breath is our greatest medicine, period. Nobody can argue that. Okay. So teach us <laughs> real quick because, I mean, and it, it is true. And I, I, I'm a, I mean, a firm believer of this. And when I'm going crazy... You know, just that, that's why I say stop and breathe, stop and breathe, because there's so much to be said for that. My only problem is when I'm in a rage or angry or off or whatever, I don't feed the the healthy solution. I feed the fuck you throwing things. You know what I mean? So in between that, if if I if I just stop and breathe. But the trick is it's almost like when you're an alcoholic and you want to use you do. You want to use. So they say, call your sponsor. But the thing is, I don't call my sponsor because I want to fucking use. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, so it's like, how do you train yourself? And then I want you to maybe put us through like a 30 second just so everybody, unless you're driving, can feel the impact of what 30 second breath work can do. Sure. Um, my problem is being able to get out of my own shit enough to be able to do the right thing and breathe. Well, we're master self-sabotagers. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we Absolutely. all are. Yeah. I mean, listen, I still, you know, every day, but when you have the tools, we we have to keep on using those tools. And, and it is easier because we are not, no one, first of all, in the Buddhist path, no one's immune to suffering. And there's a saying that, that those who, who don't, those who have the easiest of life suffer the most. So our suffering is what we learn from. So if no one's immune to suffering, every day we have suffering, but coming from a place of having these tools, breathing, having compassion, sharing in another suffering, the native said, I am another you. I look in your eyes. We are the same from the same source because that is the one thing too, Jen, that unites us no matter what color, race, religion, political status, we all have breath. Yeah. Every sentient being has breath. Even a rock that is still has prana in it, prana, chi, it has life force. Yeah. You know, this life force planet, energy. Yeah. We're in this little ball spinning in the middle of nowhere. That's how I get out of my head. I sit back and I look quantum physics. I'm like, oh my God, I'm on this little ball spinning in the middle of nowhere. And I think that, that this is a problem. In this vastness that gives us life and gives us a breath, but it's so easy to turn on the news and be like, oh my God, the world is falling apart. We're not going to have enough food. You know, we're destined for disaster. 
but there's but there's more good than than bad there's more power than force yeah it's a, yeah it's getting closer these days i think just a little <laughs> yeah it's 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 rough rough times right now it is you know um that's why this is so important um yeah. people are in ruts i mean to personally what's happening to my money with the stock market yeah you know and and, and it's the ultimate powerlessness, you know? So um, maybe that's one thing I don't want to interrupt you. One thing I want to say, because I tell my students this all the time, we don't do yoga to become good at yoga. We be, we do yoga to become self-empowered. So we don't feel powerless. I love that. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Self-empowered. That's great. I I want to maybe do a like a 30 second little breathing exercise. Uh, I want everybody to breathe along and unless you're driving, of course. (laughs) So let's, let's see how it changes the energy. Okay. So this is something so simple that everyone can remember. You could do it sitting up or lying down. I prefer lying down because then all your organs are stretched out and your lungs are more relaxed, but you can definitely do it seated. So we're just going to sit with the hands on the knees. If you're lying down, let your legs be about hip width apart, arms by your side, close your eyes. As soon as you close your eyes, your active brain waves slow down and you start to come into your alpha brain waves. So they're more internal. They're softer. Notice your breath. Just coolness comes in. Feel it coming in your nostrils. Warmth comes out. When you inhale, your body expands. When you exhale, your body contracts. So just concentrating on that. When you breathe in, there's a coolness, your body expands. When you breathe out, there's a warmth, your body contracts. So just focus on that for a second, a couple seconds while I tell you what we're gonna do. So this is a simple three-part yogic breathing. The breath is broken down to, let's just say, the stomach, the diaphragm, and the chest, three parts. So now inhale the coolness and exhale the warmth. On the next inhale, breathe into your belly. And when you breathe into your belly, feel it expand and feel your lower back expand in the opposite direction. And then exhale back to your spine. And then inhale, breathe into the diaphragm, the center of your torso. Breathe in and back and then exhale. And then the next one, breathe into your ribs and feel the whole temple of your ribs expanding in all directions and exhale. Now we'll just do, and you would do that a few times, but now we'll do it like a wave. So breathe in from your lower belly to your center diaphragm, all the way up to your chest, open your ribs, and then exhale from your ribs, your diaphragm, and then to the belly. And you would just do that several times. You could do it compartmentalized, lower, middle, upper, or you could do it like a wave. And if you can, breathe in and out of the nose, because when you breathe in and out of the nose, it relaxes your central nervous system. And Mm. that's the key, because for most of us in society, our central nervous systems are chronically overstimulated, and then we get adrenal fatigue, and then we we get disease, and our body lets us know. Explain that again, because that sounds like um, something that I struggle with, what, what, what the, the fatigue. What say, say that again. Say that one more time. So our central nervous systems are chronically overstimulated. 
right? And our central nervous system is from the tailbone to the brain stem. So it's in the brain where all the conduit of the nerves are and which, you know, is, is like little wiry webs through the whole body. So when our central nervous system is overstimulated, I mean, listen, I'm not a scientist, but from all the studying I've done and I have, you know, one of my students is a holistic doctor and we're always comparing notes. One of the first things is the adrenal glands. And that's where, you know, where we um, emit our cortisol, which is the stress hormone. And once we get adrenal fatigue, it's almost like stepping, like you get in your car and you stepping, keep stepping on the gas pedal, but there's no gas in the car. Oh, yeah, you want yeah. the car to go and you want the car to go and go and go and go until the car is going to be like, okay, now, now the engine's going to die. Now, mm. I don't know parts of a car, but now this is going <laughs> to be good. So it's like, it'll go and, and stress hits, Stress hits the weakest part of our bodies. And I always think of stress. We think of it in a negative way. It's, it's not, you know, a wonderful thing to have all the time, but stress is when we want the present moment to be different than what it is. So it's like accepting the moment where we are, you know, you hear, you hear like, be here now, be in the moment, Eckhart Tolle, Ram Dass, you know, that's not foo-foo stuff. Right. Yeah. One day at a time. <laughs> One day at a time. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, grew up, I grew up with those philosophies. So one day at a time. And, um, but, but the breath is, that's where it's at, Jen. And it's hard because we're conditioned. Like when I was saying before, no one's immune to suffering. We're conditioned. Happiness is not a birthright. Happiness is work. Mm. God damn, girl, you're coming up with all these awesome uh, slogans that are like really life changers. Seriously. That's how I teach. That's what I love. That's why I love when I get a class in front of me. And when you're in the pose, that's when I come up with these, you know, I never plan a class. It's always just intuitive. Whoever's in front of me, the energy, I just got back from a client. I take her out in the park and we did a sound healing and a meditation. And, you know, she's just, um, she had a great experience. It, it's not, it's just, you know, these things are available for us. I, I am, I'm just passionate and I have no agenda, you know, I no, just yeah. share it. You, you, my mom named me joy. I don't know. Yeah, she, she, <laughs> yeah. You never have an agenda. And I mean, I'm telling you like joy would have um, these moon ceremonies and I mean, for a full moon, at your studio. And I mean, I remember one time I, it was, there were so many, I feel like the whole friggin' town of Cooper city was there. (laughs) Every friggin', every MILF is there. I mean, you do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And they're Lululemon, but you, you do have a way of presenting yoga that you do it in layman's terms, but obviously you know everything about it. And so you, you just, presented in a way where, I mean, when you're doing mantras and, you know, it's in Sanskrit, you have a way of modernizing it, you know? Well, I I was always told if you want to reach the masses, you have to speak their language and it has to be authentic. But what I practice on my own is maybe I'll bring it to others, but yeah, it has to be practical. I don't want to sit there like, oh, look, I'm so I know these mantras and I'm, you know, it's like, no, I'm just I was a Cooper City mom. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, (laughs) the real deal, the the I mean, there's just so much I can go in. And this you have to be the the gong. Oh, my gosh. That's the sound healing stuff. So with the gong, I I swear to God, 
her friggin' uh, sound healing session is like dropping a hit of acid with that gong. Well, and that's it. We when we have these tools, we don't need the acid. <laughs> right. Okay, that's that's right. For me to say, and I'm having a I'm having a moon ceremony at my house Monday night. I said really fire. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do it right. in the backyard, and um, you know, Bill's gonna be a part of it. We'll just kind of do a masculine, feminine thing. But um, yeah, I have like twenty some people coming so far. Oh my god. So it's, yeah, if you can drop, if you can come down, come, you can even stay here overnight. We have a spare bed. I'm in the spare oh. bedroom. You can <laughs> I see the Buddha. I do. I see that beautiful Buddha. Um, and so uh, a couple, a couple more things I want to talk about that we didn't cover. First of all, at the beginning, we did talk a little bit about crystals and people overthink that so much too. Ex explain what crystals can do and, and how, like I've had people come to me and say, so I have these crystals. Now what, mm -hmm. what do I do with them? Mm -hmm. um, and I know what I do with them, but I like, how do you explain how crystals can enhance your life? Okay. Well, many years ago, I remember a student gave me an amethyst and I was like, wow, this is pretty. I really didn't understand it. And then I had a dream one night that I was walking in this room and there was all these shelves and shelves of crystals. And I woke up and I was like, wow, what is that? And then I had a friend, she was a healer. She went out to Colorado to work, study with Dr. Hewlin and she bought me this little amethyst and that was it. I opened the studio and I was like, I'm not gonna sell anything. I just wanna do yoga. And little by little, I started bringing stuff in and people started loving it because they trusted me. So I started really learning a lot about the crystals and their meanings. And you, know, you can wear them as jewelry. You can keep them in your house. You can put them on your altar. You cleanse them um by saging them some of them you can rinse underwater not natural ones because they're too porous you could put them out under the moon you can put them in with the sun and and you know listen maybe they're a placebo effect but at the same time they're from this earth yeah. and the and the layers and the core of this earth are so powerful so I also, when I get the crystals, I thank them because you don't know if they were extracted from the earth in a mean way. You know, somebody was just mm. like chiseling away to get them. It's like, wow, thank you for making your way into my life. Like you talk to mm. them. It's you yeah. know, because that's, that's what me. And it sounds kooky, but you know what? Like you said, placebo effect. I don't know. I just know that I do have that special yeah. connection to crystals when I feel them. I mean, I can... I could feel the energy and uh, it's, it's hard for me to be, I mean, I'm definitely not an intuitive or anything like that. Um, can't see auras, but you put a crystal in my hand. Yes. Some, you know, certain particular crystals. And I mean, you feel it. And that's the thing too. You know, when you're living a cleaner life, your energy is going to flow more efficiently and you're going to reap the benefits of all these holistic practices of holding a crystal, yeah. you know, putting them. I was telling Bill the other night, I was like, oh my, we met this guy, this story. I was like, there's one crystal I never got. I always wanted. It's called a Satya Loka. They're from India. And one of my dad's respiratory therapists had one one time. Well, wouldn't you know, he found one and it came in the mail the other day and he gifted it to me and it's on the oh. altar right now. And it, um, I gave, when I sold the studio, I, I gave so much crystals away. I only have my few special ones that I still work with, but mm. it's, it's just like that. That's how you use them. And who wouldn't want to receive a gift? And the thing with a crystal, sometimes they'll disappear and then oh. they'll appear again. 
They'll go in like other dimensions because there's other dimensions around us that we can't see. Joy, I got to tell you. Oh, my God, Joy, when with this crystal thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have the most bizarre stories like uh, (laughs) about crystals just disappearing and then reappearing uh, that make no sense. Like when my mother passed away, um, there was a moonstone crystal that my mom got me and I was living in Orlando at the time. Hadn't seen that crystal the the whole time I was in Orlando. Um, I hadn't seen that crystal actually in probably two years. Hmm. My mother dies two days later. I And you can't make this shit up. Two days later, the moonstone crystal was in my bathroom. Yeah. Just random on the floor. Doesn't surprise me at all. She probably picked it up in her dimension and dropped it and put it in your bathroom <laughs> so you can see it. I mean, it's... It, Hey, listen, (laughs) nobody can prove that it's not that. I mean, you know what I mean? There's no explanation except something on a spiritual realm. Um, Definitely in the other realms of existence. And and that's where I do my best work. (laughs) In different realms of existence. That's it. Yeah. How how do I get there to that plane? I've had so many people ask me that. And all I could say is, you know, stick with the practice, stick with yoga, meditation, trust yourself. I don't know because it came to me before I even understood what it was. So, mm-hmm. and you know, when I was a teenager and I didn't know what to do with that energy, I was like kind of a little more into the, oh, you know, I'm going to read the satanic Bible and we're black all the time. I mean, it was the metal days. So yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I right. went through all that, but, you know, and you know, I've never done a drug in my life. I don't drink. So I've done all these, ex- I've had experiences that are so far out there. And I think that, um, I think it's just, you just have to cultivate the practice yeah. and there are certain practices that you can do to, you know, bring about your intuition. But I think at the end of the day, it's learning to trust yourself. And, and we all, I mean, look at, I couldn't go sit on the radio and be a DJ like you are. We all have our, <laughs> our gifts, you know, yeah. Brain surgery, let a brain surgeon do that. Yeah. <laughs> or fly yeah. an airplane, let the pilot do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> and when it comes to astro projection, Joy's the one for that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just, it just is here in my life. That's it. And, and I don't do that for a living, you know, because. I don't want to be a psychic. I don't want to deplete my energy that way. I don't want to tell people where their future is. I want people to do their own work on the mat and then heal, heal their own past and create a a future for themselves that they trust and believe in without the fear of, Oh my God, this is going to happen. Or this psychic told me that because then you're, you're still putting your faith in someone else's hands. And I don't like that. So are you, do you consider yourself a psychic? I don't, I am very, I, I know, I know too much. It's not always convenient. Yeah. But that's why I I would never take on the, and I'll tell people things randomly. Sometimes they're like, how do you know? I'm like, I just know, but to like sit there and, you know, put it on the door, like, Oh, you know, psychic. And I always tell people if, if you come across a, someone who says they're a healer run the other way. Wow. Nobody nobody can heal you. You have to heal yourself. You have to heal yourself. And you have to be open to the idea of that healing happening or it's Mm. not going to happen. It won't be effective. It might happen. Well, so, so what you're like, in a way, I wanted to bring up Reiki um, real quick because you're the Reiki master. Um, 
and everyone, my listeners know I'm a big fan of Reiki. I love Reiki. Um, so does, does the Reiki, could, could that help you get to that dimension quicker? And, and what is Reiki? People ask me all the time. I don't know how to explain it. Well, I mean, Reiki is based on an Eastern belief that vital energy flows through your body and that when you do Reiki, you get an attunement when you go through the, um, you know, the, the classes, and then you get the attunements from the teacher, but it's so funny. Cause you know, people are like, Oh, it's secret and you can't share, but you can go to Barnes and Noble and there's books. And, you know, to, to me, if you have a will and you want to go buy a book, and learn the symbols and you have the greatest intentions in your heart, you don't need to get Reiki certified. You know, I mean, there's no license, but if you need to learn about it, of course, you're going to go take a course. So when you become the practitioner, you're not doing the healing, you're opening yourself up to be the vessel to allow healing to come through you. And you have to be really careful with that too. You know, a lot of stuff tarot a lot of it is real i love it all i practice it but a lot of it is also like what we call polar games you know okay. and and, yeah. and so there's five principles of reiki which i like it's like in yoga there's the eight limbs so just for today do not worry just for today do not anger just for today be humble just for today be honest just for today be compassionate towards yourself and others just for today i will earn my living honestly like those are great rules to live by. They certainly you know? are. And then, you know, you can do Reiki, like if, in, you know, your dog or your grandma, you could do distant Reiki. And then it got to the point where I don't even really like to call it Reiki because maybe it's shamanic. I really don't know what it is. You just, you don't necessarily even need to do the symbols because these hands, these ancestral lines in our hands tell stories, not just of our lives, but of our past lives, of our moms and our grandmothers, and perhaps the males yeah. as well. And the heart flows through the hands, the energy flows through, maybe you'll put crystals, align the chakras, or put crystal on their, you know, third eye, and then, you know, the Reiki just comes through. I mean, I, what I believe I joke around about it, you know, Dr. Usui, he's kind of the one that created the Reiki, but I feel like Jesus practiced, practiced Reiki. I feel like he was a yogi that went to India and learned all this stuff. And he was a Reiki healer. Wow. That's interesting. That's cool. Yeah. 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 And I mean, for, for me with, with Reiki, <clears throat> the reason why I took to it is because I, I, I mean, I really feel it. So how can you deny that there's something else out there? Cause I'm always second guessing, you know, when literally someone's behind me, my eyes are closed. They're not even touching me right. and I could feel them. But that's you know? a beautiful thing. I think like when you said before, how can we learn to be like that? I think yoga, meditation, mantras, breathing opens us up to, to trust like I'm a metaphysician. Metaphysics is what is beyond the physical. So we open up to those realms to the possibility of what lies beyond existence itself. Mm. Right? So yeah. you're feeling this energy come over you and you know most likely it's a good healing, good intention coming from a good person. We're energy. We are not these bodies, right? These bodies are temporary, but the energy has been here and it will be here continuously in the great abyss forever. I mean, it's a concept that is almost like hard to comprehend. 
Yeah. Yeah. We're just sharing energy with each other. So yeah. How can you deny it? Yeah. It's awesome. It's, it's, it's such good stuff. Yeah. And one thing is that when you, if you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed, right, we did the three-part yogic breathing, but if you just take your hands, you can even rub them together, put one on your heart, one on your belly, close your eyes and nurture yourself with your breath in your hands. That's going to relax your central nervous system. Yeah. feels great. Yeah. Feel your heartbeat, you know, feel your pulse, feel your belly moving. Get used to breathing from the belly. We wear, especially as women, we have psychic girdles. Get in, have a flat stomach. Yeah. You know, that's the most important. But the the wisdom and the neurotransmitters that lie within our gut is astronomical and, mm. and yeah. intelligent. Yeah. And we suppress it. We suppress a lot. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially my, you know, the, the addicts, we're constantly suppressing and, and covering up and right. um, trying to find some form of escape. And um, I remember we could talk all day, but I remember I was like going to a treatment center. Yeah. Um, one of my millions of stints in treatment, not millions, but definitely. But the lady that was doing the admissions, um we started talking about Reiki uh, and I told her that I was uh, Reiki too or whatever. And she's like, you have the magic. You have it all in there. It's all right there. Why are you getting high when you got the best high right inside you? Oh my God. What an angel. And yeah. how did you respond to that? I mean, it made so much sense. And I, I obviously if I'm bringing this up now, this is quite a few years ago. It did affect me. You know, it definitely was an impactful thing. So, um, yeah, that, that was amazing. You, you're a healer. I mean, listen, you're on the way you're on the rate, you're on different, different, um, different dimensions and realms in the radio waves. I mean, where does it go? Where does it come from? Who created television radio and you're out and you're sharing all of this. You are such a powerful, strong woman and healer, but that's the thing. It's like, but we have to, of course, take care of ourselves first. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to take what you said and I'm going to okay. let it in and okay. um, act as if. So okay. we got to talk about your traveling because I did something life changing. Um, and see, it's so great, this podcast, because I could really tell the truth and talk about why I never. So Joy loves Sedona, Arizona, and so do I. Um, now I know that because I've been wanting to go on um, one of Joy's, what do you call them? They're not, they're not trips. They're it's a retreat, a retreat. That's, it's that was not really a, it's not, people think they're yoga retreats, but I'm like, we just do yoga in the morning and we're out. Well, you talk about it. Uh, yeah. No, okay. Right. So I, I wanted to go on one of Joy's retreats for a very long time and I couldn't get sober. I, I couldn't, I couldn't get sober. So I couldn't go. <laughs> I remember three years ago I was going to go. And then, um, I, I relapsed. I remember you calling me. I was sitting in my car at Publix. And when we talked about it and I asked you more specifically, I'm like, come on, Jen, you're lying. You don't do that. Like, you know, I couldn't, you're so my friend and my yogi and beautiful. And and I remember, and I told you, I go, you go get clean and you and I are going to go to Sedona alone together. Yes. Yeah. And we, <laughs> and so we still need to do that. We still need but, to do that. Yes. Yes. So I, but 
I did make it last September to Sedona on the retreat, made lifelong friends. First of all, I mean, the, the people that you're with are it's, it's everyone you're supposed to be with, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to like them. You know what I mean? Or that you want to be with them. It's who you're supposed to be with, but it just so happened that it was such a magical group. I mean, man, did we bond and just going out and, and cl- I climbed a friggin' mountain, bitch. You did. Yes, you did. You went all the way to the top, girl. And, and all those guys were up there, remember? Yeah, yes, I do. I don't think I didn't get a great picture, too. All oh, <laughs> boys. Like me and all these hot guys. <laughs> I know. That was great. Yeah, of course. So um, I would have those guys waiting up there for you. <laughs> that was my incentive to get to the top. I heard that. <laughs> I mean, it, it was just, it was, it was amazing. Um, we, you know, we all dined together at night. We would family style. We stayed in this huge mansion with a pool and a jacuzzi and we'd go hang up. We went shopping into town, made amazing connections. Um, that one night we did this sound therapy thing where everybody had a little piece of uh, an instrument. Yeah. And so like you go around a circle. So one person would start with, let's say, um, a tambourine. And then maybe the next person had like uh, a Morocco, whatever. And then the next person, I had a little steel tongue drum. And then by the time you get to the whole circle, everybody's playing their instrument at once. I'm not explaining it properly, but. Oh, but you are. We were jamming. And it, I makes, mean, it makes no sense, but it makes all the sense. Right. <laughs> Nobody knows how to play instruments. Exactly. Nobody, you know, none of it. Well, there was one girl that was a guitar player that was trained and she helped yeah. it sound great. But I mean, it was the most spiritual feel like experience. Just all of us together experiment, experiencing this amazing trip and bonding and I don't know. I wish I would have videoed. You know, I video everything. And that was the one time I didn't video that because it was amazing. I know. Well, those things are sacred, too. So sometimes it's better left, you know, just between us and not out there. But, you know, I just did another retreat in March and um, Ashtani came and she played the guitar and I bought the instruments. And I'm like, all right, we're going to do this again because every retreat's different because a lot of people come several times. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, it was great but it was, didn't take off. And I was like, oh, but in September, it was so amazing. I want that to happen again. Uh-huh. It was just different. Yeah, but that, different. They, had, they had other amazing experiences. But what we experienced in that circle that day, Jen, that was oof. crazy. I mean, That's uh-huh. why, you know, Sedona, I've been going, I've been taking people there for 15 years and I'll go twice a year on a retreat once or twice a year for me. I went there after my mom died. I went there after my dad died. It's been my most powerful place of healing. And, it, and I want to go other places. And I am, we're going to do, do a retreat to Costa Rica. We're going to do a retreat to Italy. And I'm going to be doing a local retreat up at Kashi Ashram up in Sebastian, which will be great. Cause that's close to you. Yeah. Yeah. You we'll do, yeah. I'll do that one. And I, I also want to, I want to do Costa Rica too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So I'm working on those, but so, there's something about Sedona that keeps bringing me back because you know, I, I plan the itinerary and I'll hand it out and I'll go listen. Cause you know, I'm not very structured. I'm organized and I'm responsible, but I'm not structured because I go with how I feel. So I'll be like, all right, this is what we're going to do today, but don't be attached to it because Sedona has a mind of her own. Yeah, I, I love that. Yeah. And then when I pair people together in the rooms, I go by intuition and you're right. People, 
um, the, the retreat we just had, you know, they created their WhatsApp group and two of them were hanging out together. And I, I, you know, chimed in, I go, that's what the retreat's all about. You made lifelong friends yeah. and, and we go hiking. We spend most of the time out in the land, yeah. you know, and then we go, and of course shopping, cause we're girls, we need to shop. And, and that little downtown Sedona. Oh my God. Oh my oh. God. And then I take you guys, you know, I've been going there so long that I, I know where all the little secret places are and the labyrinths and the medicine wheels. And then, you know, we go to the vortex and bell rock and it just depends, but I love taking people there because I have had my most amazing healing there. So I like to, I just stand back. Right. I don't do a whole lot. (laughs) You you do plenty, but, um, yeah, you, you don't, uh, micromanage all of us. Right. Yeah. Right. Because everybody has to have their own experience and there's laughter and there's tears. And, you know, I've seen a little miss between people before and trust me, I've had my own time where I'm like, how this person end up on my retreat, <laughs> <laughs> like, but they're clearly here to teach me something and to connect with whoever's there. So yeah, I'm that's... so happy you had the experience. Oh my gosh. It, it was so amazing. I it love was... you so much. Yeah. Yeah. It was it just, I mean, uh, every little thing about that trip was just incredible and life-changing. And I did so much healing and it's where I came out um, about my relapse because I had relapsed recently, you know, shortly before the trip. And that's where I got the courage to come out and, you know, tell everyone where I was at in life. So it's just, it's a beautiful place. Uh, Bill's amazing. Um, That's Joy's boyfriend. And he, he is very knowledgeable with um, a lot of the Sanskrit stuff. And I'm obsessed with Sanskrit. I don't know why, but anyway, so if somebody wants, if someone wants to go on a trip, yeah. How, how do we find you? You guys could come to me and I'll, I'll direct you, but. Okay. Well, um, we have one coming up September 2nd to the 6th. I have my website, which is joymichelleyoga.com with two L's. It's under construction a little bit right now. Cause again, pre COVID, I kind of sat on it for a while during my, uh, um, my time off or my Facebook is joy, Michelle. And then Joy Michelle Yoga and my, and I'm not a big social media person. I only do a little bit, but my Instagram is Joy Michelle. So, and I'll post, you know, all of my flyers on, on Facebook, Instagram, and then, um, you know, people could always email me, which is my email is J-O-Y-P-H-L 91 at AOL.com. It's an old email. (laughs) My son is like, mom, seriously, AOL? (laughs) That's great. I know. That's funny. We might, we might have to update you to a Gmail. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe. I'm still listening to my meditation cassette. I don't know about you. (laughs) I love you. That's, that's, that was freaking great. (laughs) Um, all right. So also that, you know, people can reach me and we'll get you in touch with joy. Just that there's, there's so much that joy has to offer in life. And that's why I wanted to have you here. I mean, you just really do have a way of making sense of it all. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on. Happy. I got to talk about this and anybody can reach out to me anytime and all right. That's it. I'm here. All right. So uh, we're, we're all going to do our nightly meditations. And tomorrow I'm signing back up for a yoga class. 
because I think that is one of the components that's missing right now with me. And that's the thing I want to tell people. If you try yoga and you don't resonate, keep going until you find a teacher that speaks to you. You know, find a teacher that you really like. Go to a Hatha yoga class. If you like hot yoga, go to hot yoga. If you if you want to go to chair yoga, go to chair yoga. But do something because it also brings you into a like-minded community. And, you know, yoga is a lifestyle. Yeah, true. You know? and, and, and you start to live your yoga. And that's, you know, goes with the five principles of Reiki as well. And it goes with the Ten Commandments. And it goes with the eight limbs of yoga. And it's like all of these beautiful attributes to live by. It's it's good stuff. It's definitely yummy and delicious. So, all right. Well, I'll I'll see you uh, Monday for the full moon. <laughs> and this has been another episode of Sober Exposure with me, Jennifer Wild. Namaste. Namaste. Need more? Of course you do. The show's all about needing more. Go to my website at soberexposure.show or get stuck on my Instagram at soberexposure underscore podcast. Mm-hmm.